You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, friends. This is episode number 68 of Life Repurposed, and we're going to be talking about reclaiming Christmas, ways to make the holidays special during COVID. Now, the reason I'm doing this right now is because we have a couple of weeks until Christmas, and I think it's important that we prepare our minds for a season that's a little different from what we've had before. Now, last week on the show, I had Stephanie Hovland, and we talked a lot about preparing for Christmas. This is a continuation of that, giving you some really practical ideas for ways that you can incorporate some changes, establish some new traditions, just some things about helping you get into a different frame of mind if you're not so excited about how this might look different from some other Christmases. Now, I want to tell you right away from the beginning of the episode here that hidden inside of this episode is a special offer on one of my books, and it's only going to be in the audio of this episode. I'm not going to be posting it or sharing it anywhere else, So listen carefully, because when we get to that part, you're going to want to just write down what to do, how to claim that offer. It's something that's going to help you with your Christmas shopping, potentially. So stay tuned for that. Now, before we get into some ideas, I think it's important for us to establish that we should not assume that everyone is on the same page in terms of whether we should get together for the holidays, whether we should social distance, whether we should wear masks, all of those things. Now, in our family, I'm going with the policy of following whatever the recommendations of our local government is or our state. In our case, our local government has some specific things. So we're following that because where I live, the hospitals are pretty full. In fact, they've been maxed out for a few weeks now. So as we look ahead to Christmas, we don't really know what that's going to look like. So we're planning as if we might not be able to do things the way we always do. That's not assuming that everybody in the family feels that way. So we're going to show love and we're going to show grace when it comes to working that out and figuring out the best way without it being a problem. So it's important to talk ahead of time and come to an agreement about shared expectations and plans. That's going to help you have a lot more unity about the plan. It's also important to try to empathize with somebody else who has a different viewpoint if it's not the same as yours. They might have a really solid reason for the way they want to do things. It might be a particular necessity. Maybe it has something to do with where they live. So just keep that all in mind. And as we flex and we think about other people, it's going to be a lot easier to get through the holidays. The best that we can do is to make the most of the opportunities that we do have. So that's what this episode is going to be about. First, before we get going on talking about some of those ideas, we have another thing we should talk about. We need to acknowledge what we have lost and how we feel about it. If we go into the holiday season pretending that we're 100% okay with it not looking like the other ones, but we have hidden feelings, that's not going to help us. So we do need to acknowledge what we've lost. If you have a tradition that you've done for 50 years or however many generations in your family, and if for some reason you're not able to do that this year, you probably have feelings about that. So it's important to acknowledge those feelings and to figure out how to move forward from there, but first to just acknowledge that you do have them. And then we're going to move forward, make the most out of it, 
But if we stay stuck in what we've lost, and that's all we focus on is mourning what we've lost, then we're still going to miss opportunities to find joy and blessing. Change can be good. Let's embrace the change and let's look for ways that we can still celebrate. The other thing that I think it's important to mention here is a little bit of a lecture if you haven't already thought that I've given you a little bit of a soapbox. Some of us are acting as if it isn't fair that we won't be together with our loved ones at the holidays. I know some of you still will be. Let's just assume that there's a large portion of people who aren't going to be, though. Let me remind you of how this has worked for many holidays for some families. For some families, this is not new at all. And they might be looking over at some of us going, I don't know what you're complaining about. This has been my reality forever. Let's look at an example here. Military families have often had an empty chair at the table because someone is stationed overseas. So if there are four siblings in the family, maybe one of them has been absent every year because of a career that involves travel overseas. Whole families are stationed overseas for the military and aren't home for holidays, and they don't have access to all the things that we do here in America that help them to celebrate the holidays either. Some can't get all the ingredients for holiday baking and all the things that we're so used to. So this is not new for some of those families. There are missionaries who spend almost every holiday away from extended family. There are expatriates who work overseas and are not home for the holidays, And they haven't complained about being Zoomed out because for years they've been using platforms such as FaceTime, Facebook Messenger video, or Zoom to communicate with their families. And then there are some families that are just large and spread out. My mom is one of eight children. The kids in her family lived on different coasts for most of my life. My grandparents lived more than 2,000 miles away from where we lived. For holidays, we had phone calls and we didn't have video chats. And they didn't send emails or texts because those didn't exist. They wrote letters. We rarely ever gathered around a holiday table with my mom's parents to celebrate a holiday. So if this is the first Christmas in your life that you aren't able to be with the people that you usually spend your holiday with, I encourage you to stretch a little and put yourself in the shoes of someone who is never home for Christmas. And then I encourage you to find a way to support and encourage that person or that family. Use your disappointment as a springboard to bless someone else. So that's my soapbox, but I think it's really helpful if we get into the shoes of another person and we see that maybe it's just helping us to have empathy for their situation. That's repurposing Christmas. That's really looking at how can we make a new purpose in this holiday. So we're going to move on to some of the ideas for ways that you can get creative at Christmas if you aren't able to celebrate in person. Last week on episode number 67, we had Stephanie Hovland as a guest, and I asked her to share some ideas for ways that people can get creative. Now, we talked about a few of them on that episode But then after Stephanie and I emailed, I looked at some of the things that her friends had shared on her Facebook page. I asked a question on my Facebook page. So I have a little bit of extra to contribute from other people. Now, Stephanie mentioned to me that they were having a Netflix viewing party. This actually is now called Teleparty, but it used to be called Netflix Party, I think is what it was. So she said everyone would have to have a Netflix account to do this, 
But her family has a tradition of watching Elf every year together, that fun Christmas movie. But one of her daughters now lives in California. So they're not able to have their family tradition like they would normally do. And they've decided that one of the things they could do is to watch it using their Netflix and then have a teleparty. Now, there are several ways to host a watch party, so I want to tell you about a few of them. And this is only a few. There are many options out there, but Netflix isn't the only one. I'm going to have some links in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 68, and that way you'll be able to find some of these. But here are some. There is an app called Watch With Friends, and you can install that on an Apple TV, a Roku, or using your Chrome browser. And with that, you can watch with friends on your Netflix account and on several others. I think they're starting to add some of those in. So that's an app, and that's one way of coordinating. Now, the cool thing about this is you can all watch at the same time. So if someone has to use the restroom, you can pause. Or if you need to get more snacks, you can pause. And most of these have chat features, so you can also discuss the movie as you're watching just by sending each other little chats. Yes, you could do that with a text message too, but it's just all part of the the app, so it's kind of fun. Another opportunity is the one I mentioned when I was sharing the info from Stephanie. Netflix has an extension called Teleparty. Now, an extension is not the same as an app. It's something you have to add into your browser on your computer. So this would be Google Chrome you'd have to use and you add this extension and it synchronizes the video for everyone and you can pause it and you can use the chat feature too. The difference with that one is you have to watch on a computer where some of these other ones you can watch using whatever you're using for your streaming device on your TV. And you could hook your your computer to your TV as a workaround on this as well. Disney Plus has a feature called Group Watch. So if you all have Disney Plus, you can watch together. This is also fun if you want to try to watch with your grandkids. And you might want to also have a Zoom going at the same time. So you could have um, maybe like an in-person chat when you pause it here and there. You can work out ways that you could make it fun. Prime Video, which is Amazon's video feature, also has a watch party option as well. So if you all have Amazon Prime, you can use your video and you can have a watch party with your family. So each of these has pros and cons, but the point is that you can still enjoy a movie together when you're not all in the same room. I asked Stephanie for a couple more ideas and she had some great ones. She suggested uh, having a fun challenge and then maybe doing a video of it and sharing it with the family. So each person, each family does their own part of a challenge. She said her husband might think of something like, see who can drink a gallon of chocolate milk and not puke as a challenge. I don't think I'm going to be opting for that one. If you want to do something a little more tame, she suggested one that she would enjoy, and that would be to do a DIY project, maybe spending the day doing gingerbread houses together and then posting the pictures, no matter how bad they are, at a certain time that night. So it might be that you all purchase a kit or you all do something like that, and then you make it into a fun challenge. I'll talk a little bit more about some other contests and challenges very soon too. Stephanie also said you could do one that's who can log the most steps on their Fitbit for a certain amount of time. We were talking as she was looking ahead to Thanksgiving, and by the time you hear that this episode, Thanksgiving will be passed. But she said she could see herself walking in place as she checks the turkey just to get those step counts on her Fitbit. So I guess that's one way you could keep the holiday pounds off as well. 
Stephanie said there are some phone games that can be played in the same room or virtually. Her family has tried some of these out, and she said it was really fun. It had that feeling, she said, of board game time. So if your family really likes board games, but you're not all together, it's something that you can do. There are other companies out there, but the one that her family used is jackboxgames.com. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. She said some of the games were more competitive, but others had features where you had to work together. She mentioned a bomb-diffusing one that sounds intriguing, too. That also reminds me of an escape room that we once did where we had to diffuse a bomb. And that brings me to another idea that one of my Facebook friends shared. Annette Warsaw mentioned doing a virtual escape room. Our local escape room does have one that you can purchase. So it's like an at-home escape room, a virtual one. You can also find them online. And when I went searching, I found an article in Country Living magazine that had a great list of options. So I'm going to give a link to that Country Living article so you can get that list. Some of them are played on Zoom, but then there are other ways that the escape room stuff happens too. I also heard that there are some for sale on Etsy, so I went looking and there are. So if you search virtual escape room on Etsy, you will find all kinds of them available. Like I had pages of them. So that is one option if your family really likes that where you work together and come up with um, a solution. It's not really you're escaping from a room. It's just a virtual one. Lastly, on that part of it, my friend Jill Stanish sent me a link for virtual murder mystery games. And this was with Broadway Murder Mysteries. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. That's something that some people really enjoy doing where you dress up and then you it's kind of like a live version of the game Clue, where you have to figure out who did it. So it's really fun. I don't love those as much, but some people really do. So if that's your thing, you're going to want to do that. I like to share ideas that aren't always the things I would choose. Sometimes it's good for me to get out of my box a little bit and try something new too. But I know my kids would love that one if we were to do that. Lastly, in this segment, I'd like to share about contests. Now, I mentioned a couple ideas that Stephanie came up with, and so I brainstormed a little to see if I could come up with some more. So if you want to have a holiday contest, I thought one would be fun to see who can watch the most Christmas movies in one weekend. You could make the prize like a subscription to a movie channel for next year or a gift card or something fun like that. Uh, Maybe it's not the way you want to use your time, but it would be fun just to see on a movie marathon. You could start a new tradition and have a virtual bake-off. So there are all different directions you could take that in and have a contest on that. You'd have to have different judges in each family to determine a winner on a bake-off. You could purchase a gingerbread kit for each household, so something similar to what Stephanie had mentioned. But then you could build it together while you're chatting over video, and then you could post the final results on social media And let your friends choose a winner. So that way you'd be able to have kind of a a contest going where you have an impartial judge where you would just tally up the number of votes that you get on social media. You could have a cookie decorating contest and then each person takes a photo of their favorite finished cookie and then you do a vote. Maybe you could even do that vote on social media as well. And if you live in a place like I do where there is snow often at Christmas, you could have a snowman building contest or something fun like snow fort or something like that outdoors. So those are just some ways that you could have fun with a contest during this Christmas season, something different. 
Now we're going to have a little bit of a break and then we'll come back to the ideas. Okay, here it is, the special offer that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I have a special offer that's just for your Christmas shopping, and I'm only sharing it in the podcast recording and not in the show notes, and I'm not even posting it on social media. You can tell a friend about it. You're welcome to do that, but you won't find it posted in any of my public places because this is specifically for the people who are listening to the show. So I have a special offer on the book I wrote with my husband, Classic Marriage, Staying in Love as Your Odometer Climbs. This is both funny and serious as we share from our 30 years of marriage and we provide discussion questions for couples to use for date night. I wrote the book, but then my husband Phil inserted his dry and sometimes snarky comments, which appear in speech balloons throughout the book. It's a helpful book, but fun all in one. So it makes a good gift offer because it's not like you're giving a book from a marriage counselor to somebody else. It's more of a lighthearted look at marriage with some practical things. Okay, so here's the deal. When you purchase three copies of the paperback or the hardcover, so either one of the print versions of the book, on your favorite platform, you can get a $7.50 gift card back from me. And here's how. Take a screenshot of your receipt from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, wherever you like to shop, showing that you purchased three copies of Classic Marriage. Send me the photo of that screenshot along with your email address. You can send it to me on email, you can Instagram direct message me or Facebook direct message me any way that you want to communicate with me. You'll find the links at michellerayburn.com to all of my social profiles and emails so you can do it that way. Then what I will do is I will email you a gift card for Amazon for $7.50. So with that digital gift card, you'll be able to go back and make a purchase for something else on your wish list. That gives you $2.50 back per copy when you buy some sort of a three-pack, mix and match, however you like it to be. That will help you with your Christmas shopping, give you a little bit of a break, and help you to buy some more stuff with the gift card. Now, this offer will run through Phil's and my wedding anniversary on December 30 of 2020, so you have all the way through the Christmas season to cash in on it. So I encourage you to find Classic Marriage, Staying in Love as Your Odometer Climbs by Michelle Rayburn and Phil Rayburn. And yes, you may tell your friends about this secret offer, but I won't be spelling it out in my posts. Okay, so that was the secret offer. Let's go back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, let's continue with some ideas for ways that we can make the holiday special. Now, I know there are people who say they're zoomed out and they're done with video chat, but for some of us, that's the only way we're going to be able to interact with some of our loved ones. So let's come up with some ways that we can make the most of it. This could be FaceTime. This could be Facebook Messenger using your phone or an iPad or something like that. It could be a portal, a Facebook portal. If you don't know what that is, I'll link to that in the show notes. You can see it's a video device made for Facebook Messenger video that follows you around the room so you can be moving. And I have one. I love it because I can be talking and moving and that's how it's fun to bake together and stuff. Or you could be using Zoom on any of your digital devices. So those are just some ways that you can video chat. There's also... Um, Skype and all the ones that have been around forever. Okay, so here's some ideas for things you can do over a video chat. You could bake cookies or other goodies together. That means you just have to have all the ingredients set ahead of time and then you both bake your own batches of those things. 
And then while they're in the oven, you can find other creative ways to interact and have a conversation. Or you can take a little break and then come back again together. You could decorate Christmas cookies. And so that means you could either bake them all ahead of time and then just decorate them. Or you could bake them together and decorate them. You can play a game over Zoom or any kind of video chat. Now, there's a lot of them out there that can be modified, but I'll give you a link to one. Mattel has instructions on their website for how to play virtual Uno. So I will link to that in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 68. You could make music together. You could all get your instruments out. Some of you could sing. Some could play piano. Some could play guitar. Whatever you have, and you could actually sing Christmas songs or any other kind of music together. You could use digital video to decorate the Christmas tree. For me, it isn't as fun anymore when the kids are not here because they used to tell stories about all of their silly ornaments as we would put them on the tree. So one way of bringing some of those memories back would be to decorate the Christmas tree by having one person be decorating and the others are all participating on video. You could read a book together using video. It could be one that you all want to listen to. It could be reading to the grandkids. It could be short. It could be long. It could be an ongoing series where you read a chapter a day, however you want to do it. But it would be really fun to have that read out loud time. You could have a coloring party on video where each of you has your own colors and coloring books. And then you just chat while you're coloring, listen to some music. You could do a lights drive through your neighborhood through the lens of your phone and share it with family members on live video. You could have a recipe contest where each household comes up with their version of a dish, and then you could vote on whose was the most creative use of ingredients. You could host a virtual happy hour, a virtual talent show, a virtual wine tasting. You could do almost anything virtual if you're creative enough. So those are some ideas for ways that you could use video in a way that doesn't leave you as tired as those meetings, but you could be doing something fun. Okay, let's finish up with a few more ideas. One thing that I thought would be really fun is to plan a meal and list all of the ingredients that are needed. And then you could order through a grocery store that either delivers or has pickup in the neighborhood of your loved one. So how this would work is I would look up and see in, say, my son and daughter-in-law's neighborhood, I would look and see, you know, they might have Target pickup, they might have Walmart pickup, The local grocery store might have pickup or delivery. So what I would do is I would place the order and designate the name of the person who will be picking up the order. Then I send them to get their surprise package. So they have to go and they pick it up and they get all the groceries. And the things could include all the fixings for a holiday meal, or it could include everything they need to bake cookies, or it could be wine, cheese, and snacks for a movie night, whatever it is. I can place the order and pay for it and then send them to pick it up. And then I can use that as a way of celebrating in so many different ways. So just keep in mind that even if you don't live in the community, you can purchase pickup groceries as long as you send somebody to get them. You could also do this through like a pantry order on an online thing such as Amazon Pantry, but you won't be able to get as many things that way. So that's just one way that you can have a holiday celebration, but do it from different neighborhoods, different areas. There are also some fun things you can do that involve photo and video. Like you could take pictures in matching pajamas and then photo edit everyone into one image so you get that fun holiday picture, but you all have your own photo shoots at home. 
you could create video greetings to go along with the gifts that you mailed for family. So if you shipped the Christmas presents, purchased them online and shipped them, or if you hand wrapped them and mailed them, then all you have to do is text or email a video greeting, send it on Messenger, and just have mom and dad play that when the grandkids open their presents. Or for you with your adult children, you can do it that way too. Or for mom and dad, if you purchase something for them. So you can do it so many different ways. You could record yourself reading a Christmas story to the grandkids and then mom and dad could project it on the TV and the grandkids can listen to grandpa and grandma reading a book. You could put together a digital photo album of Christmas's past and then send that for everybody to enjoy. So that'd be a really fun way to reminisce and and just kind of go through the past memories. And then the other thing that you could do is do a photo contest. I'm going to link to one that was a family photo contest that was kind of a fun one, but there's so many different ways you could take that too. So that's some ways to use photo and video and have fun. And these are not live. These are things you pre-record or, or do ahead of time. And that way, if you're in different time zone, it works out as well. There are a few other options that you could do in your community. So if you live near your family members, but you're trying not to have an indoor gathering with lots of people packed in a room, You could have a s'mores party outdoors by the fire. Each person brings a blanket and a chair and you build a campfire. And then you just make up kits ahead of time with some marshmallows, chocolate, and crackers all in a baggie. And then arrange them in a bucket. So everyone just grabs their little kit and they roast their marshmallows and have their snack. You could have hot cocoa and covered disposable cups. That works if you want to have something where you're still together but you're not doing the meal. You could host an ice skating party outdoors and build a bonfire to keep warm. You could schedule a snowshoe hike or an outdoor walk with friends and family. We live near some really great trails where we are, so that would be an easy one for us to do. I know there are many more ideas we could share, so be sure to hop over to Facebook community. I have a Life Repurpose Facebook group where we can chat more and share other ideas because I don't want this episode to go any longer than it's going. So let's wrap up with the resource. This week, I'm featuring an Advent resource, and this one is from my friend, author Jane Rubietta. She was a guest on the show not too long ago. I want to talk about her book, Finding the Messiah, From Darkness to Dawn, The Birth of Our Savior. I've asked Jane to record us a short audio message about her book, so here she is with a greeting just for you. Hi, this is Jane Rubietta. I'm the author of Finding the Messiah, From Darkness to Dawn, The Birth of Our Savior. It's a 28-day deeper devotion that takes you all the way to Christmas. You know, honestly, I was so tired of ending Christmas Day and realizing I'd never even noticed that I was headed toward the birth of our Savior. So I wanted to really notice along the way the people who were waiting for and watching for this Messiah. So all 28 days, look at an individual and sometimes a unique person in the Gospels who were watching for Jesus to be born. Yes, of course, Joseph and Mary, but we also have Zechariah and Elizabeth and Anna and some of the obscure people that you might not even think of. It was such a pleasure and privilege to dive deeply into the scriptures and just get to know these people. 
there's a special benediction prayer at the end of every day that is an invitation to us, the reader, to just go deep and to be loved by God. I would love to journey with you. I hope that we can connect. I'm at janerubietta.com, and you can pick up the book there. Thank you. Thanks, Jane, for popping in on the podcast. Advent starts this coming week, but if you order now, you can get Jane's book and it'll arrive fast enough for you to be able to appreciate using it during your preparation for Christmas. You can read devotionals from Jane's book in just five to 10 minutes a day. So it's a great addition to your Advent preparation. There is also a correlating Bible study. There's a free download online and some small group guides and sermon notes. So lots of things available there. I'll have a link to that in the show notes so that you can get Finding the Messiah from Darkness to Dawn, the birth of our Savior. I hope you enjoyed this episode that was loaded full of resources and practical things for you to use in creative ways for your Christmas celebration. I will be back next week with another show. So thanks for joining me today and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.